Morning, Mr. Boy. Good morning, Mr. Shakeman. How is it going? I mean, it's good. Uh, did the toast arrive? Uh, it 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 did, and and it still is. Yes. Uh, how much uh, how, how much has arrived as yet? Uh, I've stacked them up into piles of ten. So with a quick glance, uh, hundred and forty-two pieces. All right, you still got a, a bit more on the way. Um, okay, so cards on the table. He, he wanted to do something different, and and I'm not really comfortable having you kicked into a pit in slow motion, despite how cinematic <laughs> he thinks that that would have actually been. Um, so what you're getting is option C. Uh, option B and C were created. Uh, there was an option A. It was great. It was going to work, but then last night he watched 300. Um, ah, yes. Hence option B. Option C, however, managed to talk him down to, yeah, well, it's not that great, but you're getting 300 pieces of toast. Um, he was then going to start sort of making it up into, you know, I'm not getting into what he was going to do with it, but no, so you're getting 300 pieces of toast. Um, I think you should probably take him back again. I don't think this is working. I think he's... He's After what he fighting. did to the kitchen, um, consider this my option E, politely decline. <laughs> do you know what I'm going to do uh, to that that <clears throat> that, that, that man of yours? Yes. Is I'm going to take this toast and I'm going to get some bread packets and I'm put the toast. I'm going to reconstruct the loaves out mm-hmm. of toast back in there, and then I will get them delivered to you, and then we'll see how confused he is. Because I think he, his brain will literally stop if he opens up a packet of bread and there's toast inside. I mean, he, he might find a way to de-toast toast and make it back to bread. Um, Probably, I think it's a, worthwhile, yes. it's a worthwhile experiment. Yeah, you sort of add water to it, then chuck it in liquid nitrogen, then thaw it back out again. You might reconstitute it and get double-toasted, refried, retoasted bread, which might be super delicious. I'm sure he will try. I'm just trying to think if you could dehydrate toast so that you get like mini toast and, and you basically you, you dip it in your coffee in the morning and then it, it basically expands out to a nice full piece of toast. Or we could actually just sort of tie him to put him in the damn pit and feed him <laughs> 300 pieces of toast. That's that's and just, and just that's go back concept to having good five. old normal toast. Might move that up to concept five and you know, just let that one win without too much of an evaluation. Anyway, all we really need to do is some research and, and get our lab up to speed on the space time continuum to see where we can send it. <laughs> so, getting to the crux of what today is toasting design, Shaka Shake and Michael Burr. Michael, have you read anything recently? Seen anything cool? Oh, okay. So, how, how crazy is this? So, mm. in the year 2020, there was, well, let's put it this way there was one really big news story, which, you know, is still ongoing um let, yeah. let's put it that way yeah. however it's always nice to try and find a nice a nice kind of feel-good story and mm. one which which sounds too science fiction to be true and often i'm you know sometimes you read about sort of medical breakthroughs and sort of let's call it medical engineering and you think i, I don't understand anything about it so i found one which is is just amazing so this is at the university of missouri Mm. And all, I mean, most most U.S. universities have got um, 
you know a, a, a medical research center that's what they're mm-hmm. sort of famous for um mm-hmm. a few of them have got animal um research centers and this particular one that you at the university of missouri focuses on dogs and in older dogs uh often big big dogs get a, a form of bone cancer um it's a bone cancer which is often treated with amputation so quite often you'll see an older dog that's got a, a piece of leg that's missing and they become a three-legged furry friend mm. what these guys have successfully done and um, most of their testing was was finalized in 2020 which is when they published the paper what they've done is they've removed some of the bone cancer cells they then treat it and turn it into a vaccine. So it starts to attack itself, right? And this is done on a per dog because it's a genetic-based thing. This vaccine is then vaccinated into the dog where this bone cancer, which has been treated, starts to attack the bone cancer. And it does it over a three, three three-month sort of period. And they've had great success. Now, to extend the life of an old dog that's got severe bone cancer, because that's when you pick it up is when yeah. it becomes a problem. Yeah. To extend the life of an old dog by up to two years because of this is flipping amazing. That's yeah. that's a substantial increase in life. Um, and that's that's what they've done. They've used that pilot and they've just received um, FDA approval to start to try this on human brain cancer where they would actually harvest the cancer cells, treat it in a similar way so it becomes a vaccine for that very same cancer and only that cancer that's why this is unique so it will not go and attack anything else in your body except for the thing that it came from and it's got to do with what cancer actually is that it's this sort of mutant thing which which forms therefore it's um susceptible to this um it only currently works for certain kinds of cancer but i thought that's flipping amazing well i mean as, as half the issue with cancer is that essentially your body fails to distinguish it from itself yes which is why it doesn't fight it so you are and and you know it's why chemotherapies and those sort of treatments end up you can target a region but invariably it it kills things around it and not just the cancer as well um it's why why you suffer doing it that is that's really awesome yeah so i thought that's that's kind of cool because obviously and and the guy um the guy that did it he he had an interview which i sort of listened to as well um And he basically said that, you know, he got the idea from, you know, reading up in a kid's book about, you know, what what a, what a vaccine is and then rethinking about, okay, so if you've got something <laughs> in you, how can you how can you take something which we all we all know what a vaccine what 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 a vaccine is at least currently yeah. everyone should know what a vaccine is supposed to do yeah. you start off with the thing that causes the problem you produce what are known as antibodies which are specific to that particular thing which will fight it then put them back in and the plan in the human is that you know the the flu vaccine will basically remain dormant until you you do have mm. and then it goes goes into operation um and yeah there he is. Huh? He, he produced this for, for that. Ah, brilliant. Right, but now I have the need. The need for speed. <laughs> so Tell us what you're going to do today. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, uh, do have, have a listen to it. Um, what we came up with and, and what we realized at the end is what we want to talk about now is we're looking at uh, entertainment in a theme park environment and specifically what we're what we want to tackle today is some form of a competitive scale electrics type vehicle not just in the standard spitballing where we come up with all the various different ways we can do it but in what we did in 
two previous episodes looked at detailed design. We looked at detailed design of a fence, a fire fence, and we looked at detailed design of an aircraft. We're now going to look at, an, at a vehicle to give a bit of a broader spectrum. We're going to right, assume, so, yeah. So if, yeah, we're going to assume that we're through... ready at the preliminary design. So we've really got a basic structure of what we've got. We've really got the kind of vehicle. We've got the track laid out. You know, it's a, a workable system in its current state. Yeah. So uh, this is a for a non-expert driver. That's correct, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And no, for no, kids. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I, I think. I mean. It would be a case of, depending on what kind of G-loads you're, you're planning on exposing it to, what you could always do is put inhibitors and things on so yes. that you minimize the, the G-loads. But yeah, okay, okay. So let's uh, allow for kids as well. Yeah, why not? Well, you could have an adult version and a kid's version, but like you have some roller coasters where, you know, you need to be above so high to ride the, sure. to, to, exactly. to ride the thing. Mm. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so what are the basic principles of this? How would a scale electric, I mean, okay, so scale electrics, it's, uh, if you haven't seen it, um, one of the oldest sort of kids' toys things that you would you you would you would give uh, give give a young boy, I guess, is the mm. traditional thing. Um, it's a series of tracks uh, that you can build together to create ovals, figure eights, um, triangular course, yeah. courses, etc. Mm. It's got straights and bends. It's normally got uh, several grooves. Um, between two and four um, electrified grooves and then what you do is you put in a free little racing car which which clips in it's got its own little electric motor on board it pulls power from the the course and then off it goes and mm. the only difference in a scale electrics thing is the, the actual race course length is slightly different um, based on where you are in the radius and the thing is as as a kid that I never had one myself, but my mates all had, was you service the cars. You try to minimize the friction in the wheels. You try to uh. bend the contacts out to get best contact possible. <laughs> yeah. You polished all the dust off of them so that they picked up cleanly. You cleaned your track with a toothbrush that works. Um, mm. And effectively, these things go round and round. So in this particular version, we'd want the, the, the person, the rider, to be in it. Um, we need to work out, are we going for like one driver and three passengers i think that's terrible at a theme park right i'd want it just to be me yeah i think i mean the idea i sort of saw with this was that it's effectively either five tracks and then you so you can have five people at a time um and, and so basically you've got to race yes. to the end you have a couple crosses and things i don't given the speeds that theoretically in roller coasters and the loads and stuff you've been experiencing i wouldn't say you literally cross tracks but you know you go underneath the other tracks so that you can even out the total distance um yes so that the, the total distance travel is the same but depending on which track you'll get you might get a higher g load on one corner than another person your loop is maybe a little shorter radius or whatever the case is um yes that okay yeah yeah, yeah. okay and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, yeah. yeah i agree with yeah. you format of uh it could be four could be five could be six could be seven it mm. depends on how big this the, the the track ends up being uh single format racing yes i agree with it mm -hmm. what sort of um how is this vehicle different to uh a car what are the well, big systems that are different it, it depends you know your scale electrics is nothing that holds the vehicle on the track it's part of the sort of the sort of attraction of, of Scalatrix, but it might be something that needs to be in, instilled in this system is something that uh, not just works against a load, you know, your, your a gravitational load, but a, an acceleration upwards. You know, in other words, you, you go over a, a peak, stay on the track still. Um, 
without becoming airborne because that, that that's could be disastrous okay so if if we were to just focus on i mean it's a random system to start with but in terms of <laughs> cars have got a pretty advanced suspension um steering and braking systems is steering necessary for something like this i mean roller coasters in, don't need steering that's that's correct um it all comes down to that thing of if you if what i'm imagining is if you're going up a sweeping right hand bend okay mm. now we want to keep this car attached to the track but i think you can do that by actually taking the car and splitting it into uh the upper riding system which rolls along the let's call it the tarmac if you like okay. and you would almost need some form of anti-car something a lot smaller than a car which is basically preloaded to keep that car attached to the track which rides in the center to keep it attached so when you're going okay. around a bend that's where the load would come from it wouldn't come from friction on the tires or anything like that it would literally be no. like a real scale electrics thing so effectively it's no. a roller coaster but your wheels run on tarmac um, so you've got the sensation of driving okay I, um, I think we, you'd have to be careful then. So, it's, I mean, essentially, no one part here have necessarily actually hit into detailed design yet. And one of the detailed design aspects at that point there would be ensuring that your tires and your propulsion system has sufficient uh, ability to move the device up an incline. Um, yes. So, I mean, I, I, I think let's maybe just work on the one thing before we dive into <laughs> no, the, no. the power thing. Um, <laughs> It, we would obviously need to run through concepts, but what, what I'm yeah. saying is if we're running this thing with scale electrics and we are running the car tires to behave as car tires where they provide the lateral grip, mm. you can achieve a lot, of, a lot of lateral grip to pull lots of G, even for inexperienced drivers or passengers mm. in this particular case, if you apply the right amount of downforce. Now, in this particular case, we're not doing that with f1 style rear wings and things like i mean the cars can certainly look cool but yeah. th that's a cool factor as opposed to being sort of advanced aerodynamic and exactly. you know we need to work out is this open open cabin for the sense of speed is it enclosed like a capsule that can be later mm. but the one yeah. would negatively affect your aerodynamics and the one would totally destroy it um <laughs> if however you are getting let's say your 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 your, your power source and your grip source from this this half size platform which is underneath the car on the other side of the track which preloads the vehicle down you could use the tires for the lateral grip mm. or the other concept to that is to not use the tires at all they're just to roll and all of the lateral force is picked up in where that slot is like in a real scale electrics um system and you would need to make a choice because the detailed design of how that works would be completely different yeah it's also the the sort of crux of the design if that does not work your system does not work so it's the basis on which 90 percent of your designs kind of going to be formed around if you're working with a slot type system your wheels are just rolling then the likelihood is that you probably are generating or you're more likely to be generating your driving force maybe less from the wheels and more from something within that slot whether there it's something that rolls against the inside there. So that is certainly part the first part of the detailed design. And, and I, I would say that, that that's linked, it's linked to the, 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 the steering, the suspension and the propulsion thing is all integrated because you could mm. do this like a real scale electrics where you don't need suspension. 
you basically yeah. if there are bumps in the track you take that up with what's in the tires and that's good enough so it feels like yes. an f1 car it's stiff yeah. as all hell um in terms of the drive okay if your one concept is to take all the lateral loads in the center the center transfer piece i guess you could mm. either drive it using the vehicle wheels or you could drive it from the bottom from the other from the thing that holds it down yes yeah um or you could split it up and you could say it's actually a functional car and what keeps it in line to eliminate steering and to make it safe and prevent overspeed and make sure it breaks at the right place or whatever it is you now have this thing that just constrains it to being in you know uh along the track that that would be your big fork in the road fairly early on yeah and this is this is definitely one of those sort of points in terms of a detailed design and the sort of uh, trap that we see students fall into is where it would then be analyzed statically. It'd be analyzed yes. in a very specific top speed. That's what would be deemed the worst case scenario. And it's not, it is going to be going around a corner that is at an incline when you've got a side load on the system, you're pulling up, you're having to apply a large acceleration or large force to keep the vehicle moving. It is also very much dependent now on previous states. You can't just analyze it one state and, and ignore everything around it. Your speed having come out one corner and into your loop is going to derive everything that depends how you're actually doing that loop. Because, I mean, the whole thing with a roller coaster is essentially once it gets to that top peak, it doesn't drive itself anywhere thereafter. So yeah. in terms of the scale electric system, the idea here is that you are giving that little extra kick, just a little extra boost around the corner. Hopefully you don't spin out, in which case you'd effectively be disqualified or your it, uh, safety system would kicks in and stops it and you, you basically slow track your way back home. You, you have that level of control to go that little bit faster, a little bit slower. But the idea here is, is that you have to analyze effectively the entire system. The detailed yes. design here is not just that holding system. It is part of that or part of detail design is that, but it's also actually your performance of your entire system throughout the track so that you know what those loads are yeah and i mean the other thing which you know i always encourage students to do is to try and and come up with uh, if you're coming up with a new let's call it a new sport or something is to create the rules and and like build in the competitiveness which is let's call it the soft concept on on top of this this is exactly so you and me we both we both same weight same height same everything we now get into two effectively identical cars and let's assume we time ourselves along that same same tracks we've got a, a a basic time i would argue that if you designed the system perfectly it would give both of us exactly the same time but that's yeah. got no competitive edge in it so you can then say well what concepts can you introduce and the the easiest one to do is the the element of of even though we're both, let's call them, you know, reasonably responsible road drivers, we are very much amateur racing drivers. Yes. If, if, yes. if 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 there's an elementary novice grade amateur. Um, <laughs> however, how's this for an idea? If the thing was built so that if you drove it and you put in, let's call it the correct sort of steering input, even though the steering wheel didn't do anything, that did cause a loss so if you put in way too much steering when you got to a right hand bend like oh, absolute overkill uh. um, effectively that would cause an extra loss which means that your exit speed for that bend would be slightly slow because you drove through it badly 
that then introduces an element of the competitive factor without it being a mega, mega constraint on the design. Well, I think the steering wheel could actually be a, a thing where, let's say the design was using, it was slot driven. So everything, and not just scale electric slot, where it's basically a fin that sits in your slot. Yeah. But there, there's almost a, um, I, I'm imagining some kind of plus shape thing and you have, it, yes. it slides in the track and within that you've got your, your driving system. The steering wheel determines where you get more contact on which surface to get more driving force. Now, if you're going around a particular corner, your loads are going to be driving you on that side. You've got a large attractive force on that side of your wheel. If you're applying more of your torque or your engine driving force or your propulsion driving force into that surface, then you're theoretically going to move quicker. So yeah. what it allows for then is that you can actually have, right, you, you're getting up to this um, system, you, you got your five mates and you're ready to go for a ride. You can choose what settings you want, right? So do you want to enable acceleration, deceleration or braking? Um, do you want to have basically all safeties off and you can basically, you, you're in full control of the thing. You can step it up as to how much yeah. sports mode you actually go into. And so what you then have is that you're having your control system would then be part of detailed design and determining how would the input system allow or how much input would you have okay so you could have pedals which would be your acceleration deceleration you'd have your steering system um is it a case of whether it's leaning or something of the sort um, yeah. that you can then have um shifting a center of gravity in such a way these these things there and so the a fair aspect of the detailed design now starts to shift into control which is not something you're going to see in many if any fourth year projects um, no and i mean you know past. coming back to you know what what mr sheckman once quoted as, as saying that a, a fourth oh, year project is between doing nothing and not finishing you can yeah. quite rapidly see that this system uh and I mean, we've discussed it, it's, it's what, like 20 minutes worth of discussion. We've basically outlined what the major systems are. Some of them, yeah, we've jumped in with quite a strong concept. We'd need to have alternatives. We'd need to evaluate them properly. Um, yeah. We then obviously need to integrate them. We'd need basic models for, you know, um, energy and grip and all of that sort of stuff. Um, we'd need a speed target. How fast would we like to go? How mm. fast is too too fast? Um, you know, we need to factor in the kid who's who's got... Um, you know glasses on if it's open cockpit it needs to be fast enough that it's really fun but if they need their glasses to see what's happening it can't be fast enough that their glasses will literally shatter and be sucked off the head and stuff like that um you know we've got to factor in a variety of different people heights weights fitness the works um mm. once you've got all of that you can see that there are a bunch of these different systems and for this project to be a pass you'd need to have all of them done to a certain level so that you've actually yeah. got an integrated vehicle um, mm -hmm. You wouldn't have FEA on absolutely every component in it. There wouldn't be CFD, no. etc. At the basic level, all the systems would need to be integrated with mathematical models, um, with with proper options and um, you know URSs, etc. Um, and then integrate and develop. And we've been able to basically make the doodles for for this thing um, in terms of planning and thinking about what what to do in mm. in a very short space of time. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's certainly the last thing I'd say as a, an extra point to all that is that this is certainly an example of a, a, a detailed design where the detailed and the preliminary design are very intertwined. 
to the point that you it's gonna you you can't completely finish the preliminary design move into details and never come back yeah the sort of nature of it is going to be you there's going to be a lot of backwards and forwards right do a little detail design right we need to actually rethink this whole entire aspect of this this preliminary design and then move forward and, and so on and so forth um, that's right and i mean students might not have listened to the previous example but what i always say to students is imagine your five fingers up against the wall and you move them vertically downwards those would let's say be the five systems in this vehicle and what will happen is you have to stop where the first the first system is going to be required in a little bit of detail before you stand a chance of being able to even flesh the other ones out mm -hmm. and that's the order at which those systems start it's got mm -hmm. nothing to do with where those systems end uh -huh. and you don't pin your middle finger for starters let me finish this one and then let me go to system number two and then three it's not there might be i need to know about the passengers and i need to understand the energy of this whole thing because if we need a new escom power station to power this thing it's doomed from the start so let me do something about how, how long the track is how much power we're going to use etc mm -hmm. for starters what's doable what's not if we need four 1000 kilowatt cars to do this the answer is no because that's yeah. four megawatts mm -hmm. um, if however our target is let's see what we can do with a super lightweight thing and let's call it 500 cc motorbike equivalent engines in terms of that sort of power and cost and stuff well, that's that's doable. That's not mm. so bad for starters. Um, let's see what we can do with that. How big would the chassis be to, to factor all that stuff in? And, and then you go. Um, but you're right. You're never going to finish a single thing and then move on to something else. This stuff yeah. is all going to be finished at about the same time, like a good mm. horse race. Yeah. Uh, all right, I think that that's going to finish off this particular topic then. If you've got any queries about this, you want us to come back to this, or you want a, a different detailed design topic, or anything else we've covered in the past, or you've got some comments or suggestions, please do let us know at toastingdesign at gmail.com. Otherwise, thanks very much for listening, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Cheers. I'd go on that ride a hundred times over. Exactly. Okay. That's actually not a bad four-year project, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, we'll I know. I, I, I always try and get the students to, you know, like every single one of those weird ones that I, that I, that a student has ended up doing, like even crazy downhill skiing, huh. um, pod pod racer thing. Um, I think that started out as, uh, yeah, I think the project title was novel novel winter slope sport or something. Mm. Um, and in the end, it, it, it became something which was like an outdoor toboggan that you could do 180 k's an hour down a ski slope in perfectly safely um, without tipping over or leaving the ground or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think those are kind of fun. fun. I mm. mean, they're pointless problems to solve, but there's, I don't know, there's that thrill in the, in the chase. It's always something I think we would be very careful with it is with the problem... Um, especially the sports types ones i've seen a couple of externals where they get a bit concerned it's like well it's not an actual problem it's like it has that problem in the way they specified it has it got a solution no yeah okay that does it need a solution well yeah it's not going to save humanity of course it's not going to save humanity it's not going to necessarily change the mm. world but you know go into why do we have segways or what you know why do yeah we... i mean when the oak pitched the idea for the segway they were like this isn't going to change the world 
Exactly. <laughs> it, it says nothing. Um, and okay, maybe we are informed about, about segways. But the the point is, is that it is a problem. It is a problem that we can motivate. Yeah. Has a benefit to a solution. So it's not a say it needs a solution, but. Um, if it will make money, and I cannot see something like, okay, provided you can get it working, so that it yes. is not a, right, we need to buy ESCOM out for the day in order for, to run it, it'll actually make money, then hell yes, that's a problem worth worth solving. Um, it, it's why we make toys, it's why we have Xboxes exactly. and things like that. No. It's not necessarily fixing humanity, but it's, it's something that for which there is a market for. Um, and I think to me the ultimate thing is you've solved the problem if people will use it. Actually, that's the best way of putting it. Yeah. If, if, no, if people adopt this thing, if they ditch what they were using in favor of yours, yeah. and we're not talking about you know um, billionaires adopting the thing. No, no, no. Um, but if, if, if Joe, Joe Soap would uh, ditch their racing car in favor of yours, then you have solved the problem. Yeah. Yeah. If, if if you can't get an uh, an amateur racing driver to want to even have a ride in the thing, then you haven't solved any problem. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's just yeah. the, the the thing for students to understand is that it, it's not a case. You just got to be very careful, be very aware of that. So understand that when you're motivating this problem, there is a conception that this is not necessary. So you've got to yeah. over overcome that, um, and then. Uh, if you do, then it's fine. In some ways, it's an easy problem to motivate, but in some ways, it's a difficult one as well. Because um, you, it's easy because there's not much data to work off of. We're talking about entertainment value, but it's difficult yeah. in the sense of you having to sell someone that they would want and or need this entertainment. And I think if they do a reasonable job or a very good job in the sort of the problem identification and the problem justification, then then I don't ever have a problem going down the the route of the. Um, imaginary if we if we call it that yeah um, as long as the thing does make sense you know if you hmm. if you're trying to come up with a problem and it's a case of i i'm not with you i do not see that this is a thing to do then obviously there yeah. is a there, there or, is a or, or they yeah. stop and say have you read harry potter to which get up my office because no that that's yes, <laughs> that, yes. that's not your solution i don't care what we're you're not thinking. we're not pitting <laughs> giants against dragons it's not gonna help you 